Hello, and welcome to the John Galt Podcast. This has been a, sort of a brainchild that I've grappled with trying to figure out how I wanted to approach different topics that I'm passionate about, and I've looked forward to finding an appropriate outlet to share them. And of course, it's nerve-wracking. But my goal with this first episode is to connect some philosophical underpinnings of resistance and sovereignty over self to the dilemma that we're facing today uh, with regard to the state and the unchecked powers of the state. So I'd like to enter into a sort of brief discussion on that. We're entering into kind of the Easter season, and with that comes themes of resurrection and renewal and restoration. And as we look through the human evolution of consciousness and belief, it's an interesting question of why do we need those themes? What do they tell us about ourselves? And more importantly, what leads up to the culmination of those themes? I would argue, in part, that it is the idea of sacrifice. We're confronted with that idea in a multitude of ways. Um, Jordan Peterson talks about things having implicit but unrecognized value and follows that with the idea of bargaining with the future. So that's interesting because this idea acted out or come to fruition is the story of Christ's crucifixion. That's how we relate to that in Western culture uh, with regard to Western religion or system of belief. And lately I've been reading, rereading the Ayn Rand novel Atlas Shrugged which some of you may recognize uh, is the namesake of this podcast. That question that recurs throughout the, the story is, who is John Galt? And I like that question. I like this sort of uniting idea of questions whose answers are unlikely to be found or answers that to the common person would seem arbitrary. And it brings about this idea of self-determination and rugged individualism. And that sort of unites both the spiritual idea of sovereignty over self and the sort of politically philosophical idea or the philosophical political idea of self-determination, sovereignty over self. And I think that those themes have become more prominent in this year of quarantine because many of us have been provoked to call into question the power of the state as if we haven't already been provoked for the last 50 years to question the power of the state and also to question the true meaning of virtue because in 2021 the postmodernists and of course the probably last three decades leading up Postmodernists have fought ferociously to take advantage of what Winston Churchill referred to as a good crisis. Suddenly, but not really at all, society has regressed into this postmodernist use of 
obvious symbols to tout their own virtue. It's become this sort of inflated currency. So for centuries, we've seen humanity wrestle with what modes of virtuous behavior are intrinsic, over how much of them could be relative. But one idea of virtue remains true. Most would argue universally so, that someone or something must defy chaos or leap into the unknown potential in order to design a reality which, as Peterson would say, is habitable. Someone must restore or engender order. We see this plainly in Christian theology, where the Christ must sacrifice himself in order to defeat the chaos, Satan, um, must defeat the potential for disorder or destruction, and through his resurrection, order becomes sovereign. The totalitarian state thrives in chaos, whether you look to yourself as a supreme and divine entity or you look to God as some external and internal manifestation of the divine of the highest consciousness, you must recognize the efforts to which the state will go to replace God and to replace sovereignty of self. The state will manifest, manufacture, design chaos. And one excellent discussion of this can be found in Hannah Arendt's Introduction to Totalitarianism. One condition for totalitarianism she discusses is a chaos of opinions within society, what she calls the masses. These masses who, in their desperation, will concede control to a demagogue. At first, I believed that the dissension we were seeing was this developing class warfare. You know, we'd seen it between uh, races, which I thought was kind of really just more of a veiled class warfare. But Arendt posits more clearly that masses and classes differ because class relates to people with a united interest in the production of something. Masses exist outside of particular organized groups just like those we have observed in these East Berlin-style autonomous zones, right? These are people who lack a particular set of convictions. They embody chaos. Arendt also posits, and I'm simplifying here, that masses erupt from turmoil. What I've seen is a sort of Lenin-esque social stratification happening in the United States, where citizens are confronted by media, which has proliferated greatly in the last 30 years, Uh, to the point that they control perceptions and they offer numerous interests and identities with which to identify but which further stratify individuals in society. Baer describes the masses as lacking discernment and thus falling prey to the repetition of key ideas, propaganda. All that is required is consistency on the part of propagandists. The masses will relinquish their bargaining power and they resent those who do not relinquish their own. Of course, this aligns with this sort of Western value of capitalism, of self-determination and rugged uh, rugged individualism, where we can bargain with our future self. We can delay gratification and forfeit that immediate gratification for the benefit of future, right? We have a conceptualization of future that can be vindicated. However, totalitarianism requires an element of fantasy, of imagination, When the consistency of imagined virtue symbols is interrupted by tradition or by traditional moral evaluations, these these postmodernists become triggered. They rely on, as Arendt says, fiction that synchronizes with their own experiences. They don't care whether there's truth in the tenets of their belief. 
because vindication of those beliefs is off somewhere in an unforeseeable future. And so we return to postmodernism. This is sort of merging with this development of uh, the philosophy of politics that we're seeing now, this chaos of relativism, this idea that everything which survives from the past must be killed, the idea that God is dead, right? Nietzsche. But when the traditions and the heroic ideals of the past are killed, and we have killed them, man will still worship something, and that something is the state. The state becomes sovereign. We can refer to Mises' definition of statolatry, worship or glorification of the state at the expense of all else, including personal welfare and independent thought. And this, of course, melds with Arendt's conditions for masses, those at the periphery of a society. So back to sacrifice and delayed gratification. What is there to do in response to this adversary, this chaotic force of stratification and ignorance? Well, those of us who have avoided the critical theories which would place us in the periphery, those of us who recognize and understand those recurring patterns of totalitarianism, which always lead the same destruction in their path, must leap into the chaos in order to organize habitable reality. We must ignore the fictitious virtues and reject the fictitious reality. We must accept that the potential for chaos which exists within each member of the masses will despise the order which we challenge them to face. And even sticking with our theme of, of Easter and, and the Christ, it says in Matthew 10:22 that you will be hated all because of my name, but it is the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. So this is, this is a representation, right, that you have to avoid slavery under the guise of virtue, that you must endure being hated by the masses in order to endure to that future, that end which can be vindicated by truth. Don't consent to the fantasy of the masses. Don't synchronize your behavior with theirs in order to validate their experiences, which are predicated on lies. Remain sovereign over yourself and never relinquish that sovereignty. Protect your covenant with that which is eternal. Accept the conditions of life through the use of reason because our rights are intrinsically linked with our dignity. As Peterson says, the confrontation with chaos must be voluntary and truthful. And so you must see the truth out unto the end and believe in the righteousness of truth over the fictitious virtue. That concludes uh, this discussion on the meaning of sacrifice as the height of virtue and the meaning of sovereignty over oneself as means of combating the totalitarian evil which comes from this postmodern relativism. This is sort of a, an experimental first try at an episode, and I hope any of this made sense to anyone and that it mobilizes those of you who still have common sense and some tenacity left to continue the fight and to see that your efforts will be vindicated 
because they are born out of volunteerism, out of truth, and out of reason. Thank you.